Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. Before you know it, your child is in high school and it's time to start the college search and application process. Now, there are many things to think about. And if you're like most parents, at least the first time around, this can be a very daunting time. As the father of twins, Foster and Motley's Tony Lockhart has been there, and he is here with Dan Bissick of College and Beyond. So, Tony, tell us your story, and please introduce Dan and his company. Absolutely. Patrice, thanks for the introduction there. Yeah, we're going to talk about college planning today. And you know, as you stated, we've done a bunch of podcasts on saving for saving for college and 529s and all that stuff, but you know, what happens when you're at the precipice of, you know, starting college and all the other things that kind of go into that. So it, it kind of sneaks up on us sometimes. And, you know, myself being you know, my introduction to Dan, I was, I had twin girls, as you said, and there were sophomores and freshmen, sophomores in, in high school. And I'm thinking, gosh, this process, I've, we've done a pretty good job saving for college, but like, how do we figure out which college to which colleges to apply to when to take the act when to take the sats are those even needed what about the admission process and all the timelines associated with that and you know not to mention scholarships and and things of that nature and what's out there and when to apply for those things and how to apply for those things and how to find those things and i dan and i had connected uh, a few times over uh probably the past 10 years or so and uh, knew of Dan's services and, and reached out to him. So I had a firsthand experience of my uh, girls working with him and it was a great process. And my son, who's now a junior in high school is is actively working with Dan. So I, Dan, thank you for being here today. Yeah, Tony, it's great to be with you to talk about one of my favorite subjects, the whole college process. Yeah, so Dan Bissig, you're president and founder of College and Beyond. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this business. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I actually was a financial planner for 25 years. And in about my 18th year, I had one of my clients come to me and he said, hey, Dan, I've got a problem. I've got a daughter who's a junior at an all-girls Catholic school, a son who's a freshman at an all-boys Catholic school, and another daughter in a Catholic grade school, and I've got $5,000 saved for college. What am I going to do? That could be a problem. That's a real problem. And I said, Greg, where the heck were you 10 years ago when we started working together? And then I started feeling a little guilty about why hadn't I ever talked about this with my families? And so that really allowed me to... Uh, say, hey, I'm going to do some research, see what I can do. And truly, I was able to put together an integrated plan to help him. But more importantly, I discovered this whole world of families needing some coaching when it came to the college process. And over the years that evolved, actually, I I turned around and I transitioned out of being a financial planner and 100% into being a college planner and specifically working on the process with families back in 2006. And so here we are 17 years later, and uh, I work with families all across the United States and internationally as well. So it's been uh, a fun, fun ride. How many families are you working with at kind of any one time? 
Yeah. So the way I put it is that I'll take on about 50 seniors total, Mm -hmm. uh, because quite frankly, I wish I could do more. Uh, I wish there was another one of me because there's plenty of people that are asking for help. But it's all about giving the the most value to the families and really helping coach them through every aspect of the college process. That's great. That's great. And tell us, you know, what are some of the earliest steps, you know, when you're thinking about college planning, even before engaging someone like you? Well, without a doubt, a family needs to work with a great organization like yours, where they're talking about the money. You know, it's one of the the things that families, I think, often forget to do. And so they've got to really work through the budget. They've got to understand how are we going to pay for college? How much do we have to pay for college? What types of colleges are we looking at uh, having our children apply to? The problem is that families often wait until the junior or senior year when it's really almost too late when it comes to saving enough money. Because as you know very well, yeah, time is your friend when it comes to, to saving money and putting things aside. So, But that's for sure part of the problem. The sooner families can start, the better. And I truly believe, too, that it comes down to them identifying the kinds of schools that their children are considering applying to in the future. Yeah, we see that with, you know, we proactively work with clients all the time on, okay, how much are you thinking about saving for college? And where do you see your your kids going in college? And, you know, they may be six years old or eight years old and, and clients don't really have a grasp on what that looks like some point down the road. So we help at least try to define dollar amounts or some ballpark. And you know, that helps with their kind of saving for college planning process and the utilization of 529s. Yeah. And I will say this too, Tony, there's two parts of the the college conversation that need to take place. There is the funding side Mm -hmm. for sure. The sooner the better on that, but there's also the admission side. So often what happens is families just load the kids up, I say in the Winnebago, and they go sailing out to go visit these colleges. And the truth is they don't know anything about the schools. Maybe they've, they've picked up US News and World Reports and tried to identify the top colleges that are out there. And it truly is an understanding of what are they going to do to help their student get into the right place? I mean, that's why one of the things I say is that a college has to fit the student and the parents Mm -hmm. financially, academically, socially, and geographically. And, you know, that you may put some additional things in there, like if they want to play um, sports, so athletically, or maybe they want to be a dancer or be in the band or something like that. So artistically, it, it really is about making sure that all of those pieces of the puzzle are together so that at the end of the day, the student could go someplace and thrive, not just try to survive. You know, yeah, that's absolutely right. I think, you know, identifying, uh, helping the my daughters specifically, one of them wanted to go to a big college and one of them wanted to go in a small midsize, co- mid, small midsize college because it fit her personality better. And we were able to, working with you, help identify those and found them a good home. Well, let me tell you, it was a pleasure working with your daughters. And you know what? Here's the thing is, as you just demonstrated, every student is different. I mean, they often have different wants, different needs uh, when it comes right down to it. I mean, I've even had students comically say, you know, it's got that big oak tree out front that I want to or that I see myself studying (laughs) under. Or, you know, it's got to have a Chick-fil-A or a Starbucks on campus. Um, And some of those things, you know, can definitely come into play. But boy, if you don't focus on the basics, what I consider the core pillars of the process, then your student could become a statistic for all the wrong reasons. And I mean, we already know that 70% of students that go off to college end up changing their majors anyway. 
you know? And so the challenge is what happens if your child is one of those and you know, it takes them much longer to get out of college because of the changes they make, or even worse, that they have to change colleges altogether. I guess that would be a big part of it too, you know, trying to define what your interests are and making sure the college matches up with degrees that you're interested in and things of that nature. Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of the challenges that our young people have. I mean, look, let's face it. We're asking a 16, 17 or 18 year old to make their first big adult decision. And so, you know, they're having to come up with what they may study in the future, what their future career path would be. I mean, look, let's face it. There are plenty of us parents that are still trying to figure that out, right? Indeed, sometimes. You know, and so part of that process is trying to help guide them and really trying to help them at a point when they are mature enough to handle those big decisions that they've got to make. And worst case, at least make sure that they go to a university or a college so that if they take a left turn or a right turn, they're going to be okay. Yeah, that's great. So what are any other parts of things that kids should be doing prior to working with someone like you? I think we talked about you know, reading and test taking, and that's a big part of it. Yes, it sure is. Yeah. There's actually a, a, a lot of research to show that students who read are going to do much better, not only in, in high school and schooling in general, but for sure when they get to college. And then of course that translates into the tests, um, the ACT, the SAT, the PSAT that they're taking. Now, look, we're in a different age right now because of test optional. It's definitely changed the dynamics of the admissions process. For me, and, and many others would agree with me, for the better, because as I say, one test does not define the success that a student is going to be in the future. I mean, mm -hmm. my son was one of those kids that that's, uh, struggled with the ACT. You know, uh, my daughter, on the other hand, she was my little academic superstar. But the fact is, it's all about trying to position the students so they have the best chance to be successful, picking the right colleges. There's no doubt that sometimes colleges are going to determine scholarship eligibility based on you know, test scores and GPA. Other cases, thankfully, because there's over 2,000 colleges out there that are test optional, at least currently, they may have a chance to actually apply to colleges without that. So my point is this, the sooner you start talking to students, the better versus letting it creep up on you. And again, discover in the end of the junior year, oh my gosh, college is just around the corner. And, you know, then trying to sprint to the finish line and find colleges and, you know, work through that. It can be a very stressing process. So. Yeah. Speaking from personal experience, I, the, the process was very smooth. I, I found the, the thinking about the process was stressful and once engaged with you and process was very smooth. We kind of just hit all the timelines when they were needed to be. And you guided my girls through that whole process, which was great. When, uh, when should someone start, uh, get a kid? What, what age point should a child start working with you? Yeah. I, I love working with families when we can start as early as the end of the sophomore year, definitely in the junior year. Mm -hmm. But I will say that sometimes the timeline de is dependent upon the type of college that the student is, uh, or has aspirations to go to. So for example, if mom and dad and the student have been talking forever about the idea of applying to Ivy League schools, or let's say the top 100 or 200 most selective colleges out there, it really does move that timeline up as early as, believe it or not, middle school. Now, 
Don't get me wrong. If I'm working with families, I rarely take on somebody that early in the game. I Mm -hmm. do have some freshmen that work with me or sophomores and so forth, but it's because they have some pretty high aspirations. And also it's because there are certain things that you have to do to try to position a student so that they even have a chance to get admitted into colleges at that level. You know, it's, you can't suddenly fill a resume of activities and accomplishments or come up with what I refer to as your hook again in the senior year. There's just not enough time to do it. Too little, too late. Absolutely. I mean, it's, that's exactly right. It just comes down to the sooner you start the process, the easier things will be. And, and as you're, you know, as you've said, it really does. It makes life easier at home. It makes life easier for the students because I say all the time, I want my seniors to enjoy their senior year in high school. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. want them to be all stressed out by the fact that they've got all these applications and essays that they have to complete, you know, as, as again, they're, they're trying to get across the finish line. Well, I know from talking to my daughters and the conversations they were having with their friends, it was an entirely different process for us than it was for some of them. So thanks to you for that. Oh, well, no, listen, I was super excited to participate and and help them with that process. Yeah. I want to talk a a little bit about, you know, the changes that you've seen over the the past, you know, bunch of years. But before we get that, tell us about your process and and how how you work. Yeah, thanks, Tony. So there's really three parts of of my um, process that I do. The first is what I call the college money talk. And I want to be very clear the conversations I have um, only enhance the work that you're doing with Foster Motley. Um, and specifically, it's the fact that at least I need to know going in, uh, what do things look like as far as paying for college? Who's going to be paying? You know, Sometimes parents say, hey, this is all on us. In other cases, they're saying, oh, no, the student is going to absolutely participate. So the question is, how will they participate? Are they going to participate by finding colleges that are going to give them scholarships or even outside private scholarships? Um, will loans be part of that solution, You know, specifically student loans? And so it, it's dealing with the money conversations with mom and dad and the students so that everybody's on the same page. Then we move to step two which is career identification and college selection. And so I use a program that does a really good job of helping students identify what their talents are, what their interests are, additional amplifiers, things like hand-eye coordination and everything, and then trying to hone in on what are careers that really do fit them where they'll, again, have a great experience in the future and then leading to the college majors that they're gonna pursue. Then we move into selecting the colleges and coming up with the college shortlist. Again, meeting those those criteria, financially, academically, socially, geographically, at least those four pillars we have to meet so that at the end of the day, you're visiting the right kinds of colleges, asking the right kinds of questions in that process. Then we go to step three, which is the admissions process, where we truly work through, and, and I coach all my students on completing their applications, whether it's for the college, scholarships, or honors programs. Um, I review all of the students' essays um, to make sure that they're really going to catch the attention of the admissions people for all the right reasons. Um, And also, to be very clear, also so it doesn't sound like a 58-year-old dude helped them work on it, okay? Or, by the way, cautionary tale, mom or dad either. Or AI these days. Or AI, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's a huge deal right now is AI and the cautionary side of that as well. But then, you know, helping them build their resumes, 
uh, and do um, interview preparation. If they get a chance to get interviews for scholarships or admissions, I prepare them for that. So that's step three. And then finally, step four is coaching families and, and guiding them on completing their financial aid forms. So their FASVA and their CSS profile. So once we pull all of that together, it, it's all you know packaged and the families can do things with me a la carte or they can do a comprehensive package. Thanks for the over, overview of that. Uh, you mentioned FAFSA. I know there's a lot of changes in FAFSA. Uh, talk to us about when someone should uh, apply for FAFSA, f- fill out the uh, form, as well as some of the changes that are coming. Yeah, Tony, thank you, because there there are major changes coming this year. Um, the FAFSA Simplification Act actually, believe it or not, went into effect back in December of 2020, but this is the very first year that they're rolling it out. And part of that's because of the impact of COVID, plus um, the technology changes that have had to be made. Now, here's the good news. The good news is that they're simplifying it. They're reducing it from about 108 questions down to 36. So that's, that's a, a win. Big change, yes. It, it sure is. In addition to that, um, child support, which used to be considered income to the family, is now considered an asset. And so that's a reduction, significant reduction. Um, unfortunately, there have also been some negative changes, the biggest being the elimination of the multi-student discount. What that means is that in the past, if you had two students in college at the same time, they would actually go ahead and give a discount for both children. Not anymore. Now, the good news is possibly some of the CSS profile colleges will still offer that. Uh, but you know, just be careful about that when you've got uh, multiple kids in college. Uh, another positive is grandparent 529 plans no longer count against the financial aid formula at all. That's a huge win. And that um, kicks in when? That actually, again, is this year. This um, year. So, yep. So that's, a, again, a situation where any grandparents that have saved money, you don't have to worry about it having a negative consequence on your grandchildren. So save those dollars. I mean, it's just a, a big, big deal. Um, we see that a lot with clients. So that that's a, a good welcome change because otherwise it becomes a timing issue of when do we use grandparents? When do we use the parents? And, and that eliminates some of that complexity and confusion. Yeah, and let me give you one additional negative, unfortunately, is the fact that when it comes to business owners, Mm -hmm. whether you're a small business owner or a big business owner, we do have a situation where you have to now put a value down for your business. Now, granted, if you're a service industry, you may not have any value. You know, there's no no value of you selling your business other than what you have in your bank accounts. But you did need to know um, anybody that has any value and specifically farm owners are going to have to come up with an evaluation to put down. So lots and lots of details there that um, are really changing with this new FAFSA, which, by the way, isn't rolling out until sometime in December. They can't even Mm -hmm. give us a final date on that. It's been delayed a few times already, right? It has. It sure has. Yeah. A lot of complexity there for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about, you know, changes that you've seen over the last 15, 20 years that parents should be aware of. And Yeah, Tony, the biggest one I would say is the price. Mm -hmm. If we really look at the bottom line numbers on colleges, it's amazing how there's been a transition of the states in particular helping to cover some of the costs to keep the pricing down to where it's really taken off because that transition has happened to the families as far as that ever increasing price. I mean, let's not forget that we're now at a point where there are private colleges that are over $90,000 per year. Okay. And so when you start to add that up and you do the math, again, why it's so important to get your students in and get them out as quickly as possible. Uh, But so, So that's been a huge deal. The other thing is 
uh, and I mentioned it a minute ago, is the test optional side of mm -hmm. things. Again, the good news is that there are many more colleges that are participating in this, and I think we'll continue to. You have to be careful, though, because there are some states like Florida and some of the bigger schools, some of the engineering schools in particular, MIT, Purdue, for example, that now still require those test scores. So families need to do their research and make sure that they know what they're getting into when it comes to that. Also, here's a biggie. The number of colleges that students are applying to has just taken off because of test optional. More students can go and use the Common App, and instead of applying to maybe eight to 10 colleges, they're now applying to 15 to 20 colleges. I mean, I'm working with these students right now, and it's amazing because they don't know what they've gotten themselves into with the supplemental essays or the volume of essays that they have to write sure. um, to be able to do that. So, you know, that those are probably the biggies that I've absolutely seen over time. And Let's face it, the price of college, for example, is not going down. It's continuing to, to grow. And so that's why families need to plan sooner uh, than ever before. Totally agree. Well, with the few minutes that we have left, tell us a few mistakes or things that, that pitfalls that families should be on the lookout for. You got it. So number one uh, is waiting too late to calculate your student aid index. And for those of you that don't realize, that's the other thing that happened with the FAFSA this year, is it used to be called your expected family contribution. Now it's the student aid index. And so that's the dollar amount that the colleges are going to tell you, mom and dad, that you should be able to pay for college, whether it's a community college or an Ivy League school. Number two, believing that all financial aid is free money. Uh, unfortunately, it isn't. I wish it were. But the largest amount of financial aid is debt. In fact, we're at you know 1.76 trillion dollars, not billion or a million trillion dollars worth Brilliant. of student loan debt that's out there. It's a huge number. Number three is thinking your child can take out loans to cover 100% of college on their own. Mm -hmm. um, you have to know that there's a maximum limit every single year that students can take out. Four is forgetting to have the college money talk with your students before visiting colleges. In other words, again, you go sailing off to visit these schools, your student falls in love with that $90,000 per year school, but your budget only says you can cover 30 or 40. What are you going to do? That could be a hard conversation. It sure can, yeah. Uh, the fifth one, assuming your child will receive big scholarships. And look, don't get me wrong, there are scholarships out there. But for those of you that are hoping your student is going to get a full ride, just know that only about 1% of all students get a full ride scholarship opportunity. Um, six, I would say, is relying on rankings, friends, or prestige to pick your colleges. Everybody has the best of intentions, but just be careful about this because just because the school is the right fit for somebody else doesn't mean it's the right fit for your student. And then the last one is having your student take more than four years to graduate with their undergraduate degree. That's a biggie because every time, every year, every semester adds to the bottom line price tag. And so do everything that you can to, to help coach your students through at the beginning so that you don't face any consequences at the end. Which gets expensive enough on its own without having to add some extra years or go into the wrong college and wrong degree and all those things. So, Dan, how can people reach you if they need your help? Yeah, Tony. So it's it's really easy. The best bet would be to go to my website, which is collegeandbeyondllc.com. And when they're on the website, first, they'll be able to see a lot of information about me and uh, the services that I provide. But in addition to that, up in the right-hand corner, they can always click on the 
Let's Chat button, and they can schedule a 15-minute discovery Zoom meeting with me where I'll be happy to learn a little bit more about their family and their student, and then share how I might be able to help uh, guide them through the college process. Dan, thanks so much for taking time today to talk about the whole college process. Uh, super helpful. Obviously, a lot of complexity to it. So hopefully, uh, listening to this podcast, people have a better handle of the different steps and the processes and all the things that kind of need to be thought about and worked through. Appreciate your time today. If anybody uh, would like to reach us, you can reach us at fosterandmotley.com on our website. Uh, A lot of good information out there about us. Fantastic discussion, gentlemen. And for more timely insights into life's financial questions, be sure to follow or subscribe to Foster and Motley's podcast about wealth and life. And of course, share with others. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.